0: You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Aren't these cold, dreary Michigan days everything? Getting kind of tiring, isn't it? Let's move the camera. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I definitely did not want to crawl out of bed. And the only reason I really want to crawl out of bed, because this is all weather-related, is to play Jedi Survivor, which I managed to snag my copy last night in the middle of the draft. Uh, But that's what we're going to start talking about, is the draft, obviously. Mozzie Smith going number 26 overall to the Dallas Cowboys. And that was one of the, like, kind of two destinations in the first round that I was, like, standing at full attention. We'll talk a tiny bit of recruiting later, and then we'll see where we go from there. But um, uh, I definitely, like, I was sitting at full attention a couple picks earlier when the Ravens were on the clock because John Harbaugh, Mike McDonald, you know, even though it didn't really seem like defense was going to be where they went, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, I mean, all the speculation was that they were going to get a wide out, and they picked Zay Flowers. And, uh, but at the same time it was like, yeah, I could see Mozzie. I could see that being, you know, a, uh, yeah, you gotta go get this guy. You gotta go get him. So I was kind of like standing at full attention there for a minute. And, uh, then, then, you know, kind of was like, okay, okay. That's not where they're going. And when the Dallas Cowboys were on the clock, I saw a lot of Cowboys fans on my Twitter feed because I I spend most of the draft because you, you know, I I don't care as much as I did once upon a time. It used to be a holiday for me, but really kind of before it became like the big public spectacle it is. But like when I had at a Radio City Music Hall, it was all in one day. Uh, I uh, Or was it two days? Was it like f- Saturday, Sunday? I, th- I think it was all in one day. I just remember like one day I called out of work or I was at work and they were like, so we can send someone home. And um, it was the Charles Rogers year, I believe for the lions. And I got to go home and I got to, I was all, I was like, please pick boss Bailey, please pick boss Bailey. And that's exactly what they did. And I got home just in time to see them pick boss Bailey. And it was magical, right? It was incredible. Um, that, those were the types of days for me. I remember, you know, just even in California, it's draft day. I'm going to, I'm going to like a sports bar and I'm going to watch the, as much of the draft as I can stomach. You know, so it's a little bit different, but I definitely stood at attention when the Dallas Cowboys were on the clock. And even though, uh, as I was starting to say, uh, I was seeing the Cowboys fans in my in my Twitter feed that were clamoring for a tight end. You know, I saw Tom Loy, who's my guy over uh, covering Notre Dame for 24 seven sports uh, <laughs> being like Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, which is kind of weird because I feel like the Cowboys have a million tight ends because. Not only do they have their start, they have like two co-starters, I believe. They also have Sean McCune. They had Nick Eubanks for a second. Uh, It just feels like they always have a lot of tight ends. Um, But uh, Mozzie felt like the obvious, obvious fit there. Because like, honestly, like I said, I I was sitting there. Dallas had just gotten on the clock and I'm like, I can't picture Mozzie suiting up in any other uniform. I just can't do it. The only other team that I could feel and I don't necessarily know that it's a need of theirs that I was like, well, maybe it would be like San Francisco. So it was really like Baltimore, Dallas or San Francisco seemed like the obvious fits for Mozzie Smith. So uh, it was enough. It was enough for me to pull up, pull out my computer, go to my pre-write, plug in number, you know, number 26 overall Dallas Cowboys and just kind of wait for it to happen. Wait for And uh So that is exciting news. And what's even more exciting, I think, than uh, it is for Mozzie is just Michigan continuing to churn out guys in the first round of the draft. And this being in a year in which there were not a lot of mock drafts that had a Michigan guy in the first round. Yes, it was either Mozzie or DJ Turner. Uh, Latest, I saw DJ Turner uh, a mock draft today. Uh, That said, how's today going to go? DJ was in the third. I, I don't think he'll drop that far, but maybe he will because you know, you still got Brian Branch and uh, Joey Porter Jr. on the board. So, that I guess that is a possibility. Uh, but, it's Michigan continuing to churn guys out in the first round is... It, it's really a sight to behold. And I think, obviously, it, it seemed kind of ridiculous in a way that it wasn't trending that way. Considering that... There's some weird music coming from somewhere here. Um, considering that... Uh, there wasn't um you know well, this was a team that made the college football playoff for the second straight year right so like it only made sense that Mozzie smith would uh, you know would be the guy and it only made sense that michigan would end up having a guy in the first round but i mean this is what five straight years the only real year that there wasn't a guy was what 2018 i i believe no uh when in the year which mohurst was expected to be a first round pick and then fell out but otherwise uh, you know, 2019, uh, you you had uh, Devin Bush and Rashawn Gary. 2020, you had uh, Cesar Ruiz. 2021, you had uh, Quiddy Pay. 2022, Aiden and Dax Hill. And so now that that streak continues for Jim Harbaugh. Really, the only only one. Well, I guess technically two, because there was not a first round pick coming out of 2015. Uh, Willie Henry being a third rounder second or third rounder uh but uh really for, for the bulk of his tenure he's put out at least a first round pick so that's that's a feather in michigan's cap that they i think that they need to be able to keep going right because you need to be able to show recruits this is what what you're gonna do when you come to michigan now it's highly dependent on the recruit that was one of the things i was thinking while watching the draft right and knowing that a guy like zach harrison a former five star picked ohio state over michigan in the last moment in large part due to the uh Due to the um, Urban Meyer leaving, he wasn't going to Ohio State with Urban Meyer. I was told that very explicitly. That's why Michigan was uh, his number one for so long. Um, But he's projected to be like a third rounder, right? Like sometimes you, you look at some guys and you're like, that guy is an elite level player, right? Like we've seen mock drafts with Olu not even in them. Seven round mocks. So it's you don't really kind of know what teams are always going to do, right? Um, and things change in a hurry too, right? Like, I remember I think it was coming out of the 2019 season, Ryan Hayes was about to start, and I, I think he was in an early no, it was Aiden in an early first round mock that year, it was 2021, going into the 2021 season. Uh, Ryan Hayes was in some early first round mocks. Things can change in a real, real hurry when it comes to the way that this draft works and everything. All right, we're going to talk some recruiting. I want to spill some tea as well. I don't remember what. I just remember yesterday being like, I'm going to tell people this. Oh, I, I remember. Because I want to talk about, actually, we're going to do recruiting in the tail end because I want to tell some people some things about some things about Mozzie that that are off the record. One of them's kind of jaw dropping and I can't verify the veracity of it except for it was told to me by someone extremely dependable. We'll get to that here in just one moment. Before we do, and I have to vamp for a second because I closed the window, here we go. Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories, and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You've got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, well, I've got just the thing for you. Built bars and built puffs. Built bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. You've got to try this. What makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered 100% real dark chocolate, rather. Uh, That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how built does it. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't have to wait to get a box either. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while well, you can still get the specialty flavors over at the built.com website. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream. Uh, double chocolate or even the coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's club run and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. All right. So we're going to spill the tea. (laughs) Oh, I hate doing this because some of you ruin it by putting things online. That's not what I want from these things. Now, I don't think any of this stuff is the stuff that's going to make its way into some teenagers graphic. But again, don't do that. It makes it so I don't want to do this, especially the one that like they you tagged. Uh, I was something I said about Ron Bellaby and Donovan Edwards. It doesn't make it any less true, but I try to stay under the radar. So like this is supposed to be between me and y'all. So when it, I end up posting the exact quote of what I said and then tagging the coach, when well, I shouldn't even have told you anyway, that doesn't make me want to tell y'all anything. I, I know it's just a handful of people that ruin it for everybody. Um, but I want to talk about Mozzie's leadership, and I know he had the gun thing. I wasn't terribly surprised by that, but not I, I. But there was no part of me that thought like, "Ooh, there's something nefarious going on here." So, as I've told you before, I uh, I went. I've shot with Mozzie up at the range. I was, well, I technically am still a member at Ann Arbor Arms, which I need to probably cancel because it's a little too far away for me here, but. Um, every time I'd go in there cause I knew I covered Michigan, they'd be like, Mozzie was just in here and I was in there at least once a week, if not twice. And Mozzie was also in there once a week, if not twice. And he was a member and I know he canceled it before the season, but I think even after they said he canceled it, I ran into him at the range and, uh, he, he and I shot together and he looked like a kid in a candy store. Um, but after talking to Mozzie about, about it, it, was very obvious that it wasn't just like, you know, it it wasn't like any kind of nefarious motive behind it. It literally was the same types of reasons why I got into shooting and and to firearms and things of that nature too. So uh, I, I really appreciated that about him and I always appreciated his candor in a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things that he had said to me, uh, I remember going into the 2021 season, they had a tough event and it was the first time I really saw Mozzie, I think, without glasses. And he was he was there at the tough event. This was in Detroit It was the one with Gus Johnson. And uh, I just asked him about like NIL and everything like that. Like, how, how excited are you for, for NIL and everything? He's like, listen, man, I I don't care because that will work itself out if I play as well as I'm supposed to play. He's like, I've been, you know, doing everything I can to get to this spot where I can finally play. And he looked notably trimmed down. He looked ready to go the way that you've seen him now compared to what he looked like as a freshman or as a recruit. And it was just very like, okay, I, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. And I my mind is not on, you know, making the bag. And he said, that those things will work themselves out if I play the way that I'm capable of playing. Which I think, especially for a College junior is a very mature approach, right? Especially with all of this stuff that had kind of come out of what you know, what what exactly is um, you know, with all of this money coming out, like what? How exactly are these guys going to attack it, right? Michigan, for for as much as people attack Michigan's methods, they're at least attracting guys who have that team-first mentality, that have that Mozzie-like mentality. But aren't, you know, they aren't like all in it for themselves, which I think is an important thing when you're doing, you know, doing something that's team related, unless you're a Zava out there and just capable of taking over a team on your own. Yes. That's a Ted Lasso reference. Then that's, I think what you need. And Mozzie about to come into his own had the right mentality. So it was no surprise to me when Jim Harbaugh came out in that fall and said, I just want to listen to everything Mozzie has to say about everything. Cause that's kind of the, the mode that I kind of, Got in with him as well. Much beloved by his teammates, much beloved by the media, much beloved by uh, the, uh, the employees at Ann Arbor Arms, right? They, they just raved about him every time. And a lot of them that did were like, one dude was like, listen, I'm a, I'm a Louisville fan. My boy DeAndre, he's like, I'm a Louisville fan. I couldn't care less about Michigan, but I love Mozzie. He's just that cool. Uh, But it was no surprise to me that he got named a team captain. And one thing about his team captaincy that a lot of people don't know, and I think I alluded to it at one point, is, and I I think this might have been the thing that I teased that I said maybe I'd share after the season and and didn't and whatever, that everyone was like waiting for me to talk about. He helped Michigan avert what would have been a program-ending disaster. So I I was told on good authority again, like take this take this essentially as a rumor because it's it's one person telling me who would have known, uh. But you know I'm I'm not going through the channels of confirming. I'm not you know I'm not going to do any of that. So we're just we're just talking here. Uh, but Michigan was going to retaliate. A lot of players. I I was told there was somewhere between I think 30 and 50 players who were ready to retaliate against Michigan State after the aftermath in that in the tunnel incident and I I didn't get full details I didn't get anything uh I don't even know if it was like while they were still there I, I got the impression it wasn't while they were still there that it was they had gotten a posse together that was ready to head it was offense defense it was real team centric it wasn't just position groups you know it wasn't you know you you would sit there and say well the corners are probably really upset it's two of their guys but no it was it was like team wide people from everywhere every every race religion creed was ready to go to my understanding to east lansing to enact justice and i i completely understand why they would feel that way but they were ready they had they had guys ready to go you know who put a stop to it and remember, this is after the Indiana incident. This is after he got Mozzie got pulled over with a with a firearm. Uh, Mozzie Smith put a stop to it. The person I spoke to is no longer around, which is why I feel safe sharing this information with you. Um, they uh, they had told me that uh, they were they were all getting ready to go. They were on their way, essentially. To uh, I mean, not on their way, but about to be on their way. And uh, the players got a call from Mozzie Smith, and he said, none of you are doing this. Everyone stand down, stay home. We will let this all get figured out through the proper channels. Again, the maturity, the team captaincy, and again, the gravitas of what Mozzie Smith, of what he is, of who he is, made it so they all said, all right. Because think if that would have happened, if they would have gone and stirred up whatever in East Lansing, if they would have done that, that would have been a program ender. Because they always what do they always say about uh, even just penalties in any kind of sports game? It's not necessarily the uh, the initial infraction; it's the response. That would have been a program ender, and it was saved single handedly by Mozzie Smith. So. Again, take that for what it's worth. Please do not start making graphics and all that kind of stuff. And for all I know, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's not even true because the person if, if, who told me, again, I've said, used this term before. If this person told you, you would believe it. <laughs> but at the same time, they're the only person who told me that. It wasn't a lot of these other things that, whenever it's like a behind the scenes thing, I get corroboration. I didn't get that here, right? Like, when I tell you that, uh, that Don Brown had the easiest signals to call in, refused to change, Ohio State had them stolen, memorized, knew exactly what the defense was in advance, and uh, that's why Michigan really struggled against Ohio State in 2018 and 2019. Guess what? I had multiple, I think I've had three different people. All three you would, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think necessarily all three you would know, you would have known two of them, and uh, and yet you know they all told me the same exact story, independent of each other. It wasn't even me prompting. So this is a different thing. This is uh, one person telling me. I didn't run it by anyone else. So, uh, but that just speaks to the importance of uh, of Mozzie Smith. Again, I don't even blame the Michigan guys who had that mentality. I think that uh, it would be easy to caught up in a let's get some retribution, let's get justice. And uh, that's not uh, what happened. So kudos to Mozzie for putting an end to it. All right, I'm done spilling tea. Let's talk a tiny bit of recruiting here in a moment. All right, so let's let's finish out on a... I don't want to say a high note, a note. (laughs) It's a high note. It's just I I don't really feel like it's anything crazy. Um, I mean, since we last talked on Thursday, a couple big developments... Um, I think while we were talking or even beforehand, I mean, we started seeing crystal balls coming in for Jeremiah Beasley. I think he was in my uh, my best guest list. I don't have it written down. Um, I'm pretty sure he was Uh, the Belleville linebacker who seemed Michigan state bound, who now appears to be leaning heavily towards Michigan. Um, Let's uh, let's see if I can pull up where where that's at now. So when I first saw it, he, he had a few, but it wasn't like an insane uh, amount of, uh, crystal balls. Uh, of course the, uh, 24, seven site just is not working for me, which is spectacular. And it's on their end. Um, so I think I know what the problem is. Anyway. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to look that up here in a second here, but you, you have Jeremiah Beasley trending towards Michigan. Okay. There he is. They tried to put in the 2024 in the link, and I know they still kind of have it listed as 2023, so change that, and and now we're all good. Uh, so he is now getting crystal balls from Michigan State, guys. So he's still, Michigan State still technically leads, but he has six predictions, and uh, I don't know how Michigan State even technically leads. I guess it's just because they the earlier ones came earlier you still got uh, Stephen Brooks, Justin Thind, who I've had my internet. I think every Michigan guy's had an internet kerfuffle with him. And Corey Robinson, still all three have a relatively high mark for him. But Steve Lorenz, Steve Woltfong, and Sean Shearer from RCMB all now within the the last month uh, with uh, Sean Shearer and uh, Steve Woltfong being in the last few days have put in uh, predictions for Beasley to end up at Michigan. So that is big. because He's a four-star. Uh, he's rated 154th in the country according to the 24-7 sports proprietary rankings. And guess what? That gets you a little bit more of an in with Belleville, which also helps because wouldn't you know it? There's a 2025 five-star who's ranked number one overall according to On3. <laughs> oh, Just happens to be a quarterback that is over at Belleville in Bryce Underwood who came and made his 18 millionth visit to Ann Arbor. And I know there's probably a lot of people that, that sit there and say like, all right, well, when is he going to pull the trigger? It's still so early, but now it's starting to feel like, man, I, if he doesn't pull the trigger, I don't know what's gonna, what it's going to take, right? Because uh, Michigan is really – they're being a lot smarter about things at this moment, right? Because they aren't doing with 2025 the same thing that they've done the last two years. Bryce Underwood isn't the only egg in the basket. You know they have a couple other guys that they are targeting in the in the class. Uh, they're uh, from uh, Ryan Montgomery, the four star out of Ohio, or George McIntyre, the five star out of Tennessee. So th- there's other guys that they are high on that are high on them back that have those opportunities. But I mean Underwood, top quarterback in the class, number one overall at least to one. He's number three in the twenty four seven Sports composite. He has offers from everybody. I mean, just you look at it. Florida, Florida State, Georgia, no Alabama, surprisingly, but LSU, Miami, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M. It's it's an impressive list, and measure it with what you would expect from a 2025 five-star. But the fact that Michigan keeps getting him onto campus at least speaks of interest Because for a while, it didn't really seem like there was necessarily that much interest in uh, at least a year ago at this time. Um, And it just is really creeping up. And when I look at, I'm looking at this picture uh, that they have on 24-7 Sports uh, of Underwood. He's wearing a sound mind, sound body jersey. That only helps people. Curtis Blackwell, even though he worked at Michigan State, is a friend of the program, I would say. He is definitely... If it was not, I and mean, we're just spilling all kinds of tea here. If it wasn't for Curtis Blackwell, there are names that are currently guys at Michigan that wouldn't be. Donovan Edwards would be a Buckeye. Macari Page would be a Buckeye. They were ready to commit together. Curtis Blackwell was a part of keeping that from happening. Will Johnson would be a Buckeye. Even, even though he's a legacy, Will Johnson would be a Buckeye if it wasn't for Curtis uh, Curtis Blackwell. So uh, looking at the uh, recruiting prediction machine at head-on uh, three, uh, Bryce Underwood is uh, 37% likely to end up at Michigan. says 23.2% at Michigan State. That doesn't seem super likely, but it's kind of flipped right uh, here and there because uh, they were the leader and uh, without experts, this is all AI. Um, Michigan had you know, had the lead, and then MSU on the 22nd took the lead, then Michigan took the lead, and then MSU took the lead, and it just kept on flipping. And as of uh, March 11th, so it's been more than a month, Michigan's maintained the lead for him. I can't imagine him going to Michigan State. I can't imagine really anyone going to Michigan State. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, my last thing I want to cover is uh, the, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I was still laying in bed sulking over the uh, the, the rain and all of that and uh and I, I saw that uh the on3 tweeted and uh Trent wrote for me that uh Ryan Wingo the five-star wide receiver in 2024 will be making an official visit to Michigan. He's on, you know, he's got four official visits that he's planning. Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Missouri. Remember Missouri is uh is the home It's the home state for him, St. Louis uh, University High School. Uh, Georgia's probably the favorite for him, and I think that makes sense. But listen, you get him on campus, you can change things. If I'm Michigan, I am doing everything in my power to make sure that Jaden Davis is on campus on June 9th. And whatever other high-level recruiter in the commitment class, honestly, I'm probably trying to get as many of those guys in. I'm trying to get in a Blake Frazier, who uh, is, an, uh, is a legacy. Uh, I, I'm trying to, to get in a Jacob Oden, who's an in-state guy who's been a vocal uh, recruiter for Michigan. I'm getting everybody in town for that one, and I'm trying to not necessarily put a bunch of recruits on that day because you want to make him have that red carpet feel or maize and blue carpet, however you want to put it, but... This is the type of guy, if you can get a Ryan Wingo, certainly not in my class, I think everything opens up in Michigan maybe does end up getting more than two five stars. If you can get a Ryan Wingo in this class, especially if you can secure him in July, which I don't know is if that's feasible or possible or anything of that nature, if you can get a guy like that, then I think that suddenly you might be getting some, some other guys that you weren't really thinking you were going to get, because I think suddenly you're some of those defensive players, the Dylan Stewart's out there, the Justin Scott's out there are They just look at the offense and say, look, we, we don't even necessarily, we don't have to carry the load here. Right. I think it changes things dramatically. If you can get a guy like him to commit, especially if you can make it happen not too long after, um, it, it puts everybody on notice as well. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back on Monday, certainly reacting to the draft, uh, where all of the, uh, the, the likely eight Michigan guys go or any undrafted free agents where they end up all of that kind of stuff. And any news that happens in the meantime, we will also discuss it. I'm sure we'll also discuss the trip that they are currently on. And, uh, if I was on, I could have, uh, It probably would have still been raining. It wasn't going to be as cold in either New York or D.C. So Uh, I am living this life. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace.